Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into Poke the Bear, episode 207, powered by Prize Picks. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Again, getting a little bit healthier every day. Uh, I don't know about you, but last night, the minute that Bruins game ended, laptop shut, right to bed. Right to bed. Had to do it to him. Had to do it to him. How about you? How are you feeling? I'm feeling a little bit better. Uh, again, much like you, crashed as soon as that Bruins game ended. Kind of as soon regret- as the Bruins going- crashed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of regretted not uh, going to bed earlier, considering, I-, I think we've mentioned this before, but the Bruins are kind of like a Fast and Furious movie. You kind of know how it's going to end. And as soon as they were nursing that 2-1 lead going into third period, what happened, Evan? What happened? Oh, What happened? Now, you knew it was coming the minute they entered that uh, second intermission with a 2-1 lead. It's like, oh, well, that's gone. It just I was surprised that, you know, it, it it happened as quick as it did. And, you know, it's interesting. So the Bruins obviously lose to Seattle and the road trip 3-2 with a shootout loss. And that the first, like, six minutes of that third period, the Bruins were just on the ropes, on their heels. And this has been a recurring theme. And you tweeted it out about how... You can't win games like this. You you know, if you want to pack it in in the final couple minutes because a team is just, you know, coming at you in waves and it's game six of the playoffs, then by all means. But when you're doing this kind of defense and you're playing this way now at the beginning of a third period on the road, I just don't know how that's a recipe for success. They do it again on uh, Monday night. They lose. They go they go down in that period even though they scored that geeky goal probably should have counted. I thought, um, but again, that you deserve to have that stuff happen to you when you play like that. And this has been a recurring theme. Yeah, exactly. It's not like this has been like a, a couple of fluky goals here and there, bad bounce, what have you. Like when you're what, 25, one and eight, when you've lost nine games after leading after two periods, that's a trend that that is uh, uh, a mentality that is. And, and again, it's the same thing. Like it hasn't been one overarching flaw, but it's the same like three or four things we see time and time again, like inability to get the puck out of your own end. Like you saw even this, you knew right as like the first few minutes, of that third period, the, the Bruins could not get the puck out and the, the Kraken seemed like they could do whatever they wanted in the Bruins end. We're like, all right, we know what's going to happen here. So, you know, whether it's that, whether it's 
um, you know, passes going out into no man's land, which we've seen countless times, um, you know, lack, you know, bad penalties, um, even like, you know, we, we said it earlier, but like timely saves, right? Like there's been a couple of these games where you haven't gotten the saves from Swayman. And then you look at this game with Omar where dude launches a puck right into Jordan Eberle and leads to like the easiest goal of his life. Um, even like tying goal from Vince Dunn probably wanted that one back if you're Linus Omar. Yeah, just missed it with like, his glove. Like it, it's just one of those things where it seems like everything's kind of going wrong for this team, but we've seen this script play out before. Like it, it's one thing if it's, you know, this one thing you can correct if like the power play is not operating at a high level and you're not generating enough breathing room to help get you through these kind of tough third periods. Yeah, that's something that you can kind of shore up if it's one thing to focus on, but what happens when it's five or six things that keep on sprouting up? It's like, it's like the fucking Hydra. It's like you, you cut off one, you deal with one and two more issues sprout up there. And it, it just, it's an unsustainable way of, of going through a season. And again, we, we mentioned this on our last podcast, right? Evan, like it, it's one thing if it happens now in the dog days of February and it, it's kind of a, a grind anyway, what have you, but like, is anything you've seen from this team, the way they've operated, where they've handled themselves under pressure that gives you reason to think this isn't going to happen again in April when the games actually matter? No. And, and again, I think even you look at like that game against the Kraken on Monday night and you've got, you know, mental mistake. Like, never mind the bad passes, never mind, uh, you know, different little things that they came up. Just the mental mistakes. I mean, you have the two, so you have the too many men on the ice, um, which again, mental mistake. You have Morgan Geeky tripping up. I forget who it was in the neutral zone. It's like that is like a penalty you take in NHL 24. Like, why yeah. are you leaving your feet to dive and try to like? I'm all for high compete, but stay on your feet. Like, keep skating. Um, and you know, like I know three on three overtime uh, doesn't matter come the postseason. I do think their struggles at three-on-three overtime are indicative of something bigger, though. And it's that this roster, there are problems with this roster. It is not, there's just not that pop. And I know that, again, three-on-three overtime, as I said, it's not going to be in the playoffs, thankfully. But even again, and it's been multiple overtimes in a row, and even though they won it in Edmonton a few nights ago, you still have, you're, you're getting dominated in OT. Because other teams have more speed, they have more skill, and then once your guys pick up the puck, it's just north-south, or it's, you know, nothing happens, they're too tired, they throw it back. Again, it just kind of hits back at there's no pop on this roster. And outside of, like, Pasternak, Marshan, McAvoy, and those guys have had to overcompensate, and that's why you've seen it. Like, I didn't think Marshan played a particularly good game uh, against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, there are nights when when Pasternak's not on his game, and it's because they're overcompensating uh, because there just isn't a ton around them. And, you know, like this does kind of fly in the face of what we were saying uh, prior to the All-Star break where uh, they looked really good. And we were like, hey, this is a team that if they get in could make some serious noise. And, uh, you know, you look at scoring goals below the below the goal line or, you know, uh, fighting for pucks below the goal line and getting pucks to the front of the net and all that stuff. There just isn't that right now. And and they're inconsistent. And it's sort of like the Bruins are Jake DeBrusque right now, where it's just like inconsistent uh, could be better. <laughs> but, you know, I still this 
the I keep going back to the roster. Like you mentioned like five or six different things, right? Keep popping up with this team, blowing leads, bad passes, mental mistakes, uh, this and that. You're again, I've said like I've said it before, I'll say it again. I you're not I don't know how you're fixing that in the next two weeks. Yeah, no, and, and it's something too where you just look at the state of this roster. You only have again three or four horses you can turn to night in and night out that you know what you're expecting of them. And so I even look at like uh, an area of the game that maybe is underrated until probably this year. It's like D zone draws and you're having guys routinely lose them. Saka loses two and like bang, bang, the, the puck goes into the back of the net. It's kind of ironic, right? Like the Bruins move on or they, they don't have Bergeron and Krejci this year. And like the production has more or less been there, like the baseline yeah, stats, but the the face off has been what's killing them in terms of those critical situations, especially late in games. Um, and that's the state of the roster. And like, you know, I think Coyle's overall been solid there, but when like Zaka's not holding his own, geeky Frederick, and then you have like the fourth line where again Boquist has been pretty solid offensively, but he's not like what Johnny Beecher's been. It, it's just you're not getting enough out of this roster in terms of maybe the, the finer details. Yes, you're you're generating some offense, right? Like Coyle's been good. Saka's on pace for a 45-point season. Frederick stepped up. But, like, as you said, like, this team is kind of like the Jake the Brush that when guys are going, hell, there's a whole lot to like about them. When their goaltending's great, defense is locked in, you're getting secondary contributions from a guy like the Brusque or Frederick, all is great. But, like, you're not getting that enough that you can, one, like, expect that to consistently continue and, like, you get into the playoffs, uh, you know, I was on a podcast with, with Joe Haggerty talking about this. It's not out of the realm of possibility to see in the playoffs a goalie get hot. DeBrus goes on a heater. Pasternak has a takeover. Like, you can see how they could easily win a round or two. But you can just as easily see these guys putting up zeros and not finding their game. And all of a sudden, you're out in five, six games. Like, there's so much variance with this team. It's just so hard to gauge where exactly they are right now. And I think that's why this happening now is obviously at a bad point because you get the trade deadline in less than two weeks. Uh, they've got to make some tough decisions on this roster because, as you said, the, you know, it would not shock me. I said this on Bruins Beat on Monday. It would not shock me if this team found a way to go through the playoffs and they end up in like the cup. But it also wouldn't shock me at all if they're out in the first round like that because just the roster, it, you have a lot of guys on there who are a bit inconsistent, you know, like right now the fourth line seems to be playing pretty well with Brazo and, and, and Richard and, and um, Boquist. And you even had Richard starting up in the top six, start the game, which is quite the interesting move. Um, but you look at like a lot of other guys on the, you know, geeky Frederick, um, Heinen, DeBrusque, Van Riemsdyk, they're reliable, but I don't know if you can always look to them as steady key contributors um, and there are going to be some games you don't notice those guys because that's their game. And, uh, you know, you even look at uh, Monday night, right? Pasternak basically scores a hat trick. I mean, the, the shot, the third one went off coil. They threw hats on the ice. I'll give it to Pasternak. It counts, it counts right? Yeah. We count the hat trick. And they lost. And they lost. Like, that, I think, is the worst case scenario where you get into the playoffs and Pasternak's kicking ass and the rest of the team just ain't producing. And, you know, DeBrusque had a chance to win it in overtime. That was stopped. Um, and they're just guys you don't notice a heck of a lot. Because, um, again, like on paper, I don't hate Hein and Geeky Frederick as a third line. I think that's actually 
pretty solid. I'm okay with that. You know, and the fourth lines look good lately, but it just the consistency's not there. And these things keep popping up, not even, not to mention the D zone, and you're not getting the timely saves right now. There's a lot of things uh, that are not going their way. But uh, first, before we continue the conversation, a quick word from our new friends, Connor, our new friends at Prize Picks. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is just heating up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. Want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like Meek Mill and Sugar Sean O'Malley? You can now find community players under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Conference tournaments are here, which means the biggest moments in college basketball are getting closer. Be a part of the action on Prize Picks for both men's and women's college basketball. PrizePix even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. And with the Celtics season in full swing, there's plenty of opportunity to participate in PrizePix. This week on Prize Picks, I'm selecting Jason Tatum for more than 30 points and Kristaps Porzingis for more than two blocks. So download the Prize Picks app today and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, use code CLNS for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. And now, let's get back to the show. That's electric. Yeah, that that is sick. Well done, Evan. Sure. Pure, Pure electricity, battery. not even the ad read, but so much the the music behind it. It's like, brum, 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 brum. I mean, it's it's great it's into it. You know, shout out prize like, picks. I'm vibing. Yeah, shout out prize picks for sure. Um, so we've talked a lot about the roster, and I mean, it continued. Like, it, you know, we make fun of it. Like I, before the Bruins Kraken game started, I was uh, I was on playing NHL with some of my buddies, and we were joking like how. Um, we went to overtime like, oh, we'll be like the Bruins. We'll just lose in overtime. No big deal. You know, we tied the game late. We'll just lose in overtime. And that's what's continued to happen. Like, it is wild that it has been this way for like over a week now. Um, and they've just struggled. And it hits at this. And we we touched on this a teeny bit on Bruins beat. I want to dive into it a little bit more. Does this team need a hockey trade to shake things up? I mean, you look at just the way things are going right now, there's probably some validity to it. And again, like you weigh that, like, are you making a trade just for the sake of, you know, making a trade, but the value's not there? Like we even, we touched on this with, with Bruins beat, right? Like, let's say you want to trade a guy like DeBrusque, uproot a top six guy who's been here for a while. Yeah, that is a way to kind of shake the room a little bit, but what are you getting back, right? Are you trading him for the sake of doing it? And again, like you'll get something, maybe you're looking more as a forward-thinking move and you're getting a a first-round pick, it's useful, but, like, how are you replacing him in the lineup? Are you replacing him with a guy that's more of a, like, third-line winger, right? Like, let's say, for example, like, a like a, a if you traded DeBrusque for someone that's like a Marcus Johansson back in, like, 2019, where it's, like, could be top six maybe, but probably more of a third line kind of guy Zaka for holla trade. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, You're the, I mean, on the other side of that. Right. So um, it is something where maybe you do have to consider in terms of just the way things are going right now. There's no, 
holiday break coming up. There's no, if anything, the schedule is going to get even more hectic here, right? Where it feels yep. like once the, the calendar flips to March and it feels like you've got a game every other day, it feels like there's like three back to backs uh, coming up pretty soon. It's just the way the schedule is, which again makes no sense before these guys get polarized in the postseason. But there's really no break coming up here that whether it's a guy like DeBrusque, whether it's just moving uh, a D man like Grizzlake or Forbert, which again is easier said than done. Like, even like we'll talk about in a little bit, but like moving Omar, which is a seismic shakeup, right? Like, there's going to be, I feel like, something done here. I feel like, as temp, you know, maybe the, this team has to view what they have and maybe it's best standing pad, but what else is going to be there in terms of shaking this team out of this kind of malaise they're in? Because again, it, it's not just one thing that's leading to their, their struggles right now. It's like continuing to put your, you know, take your foot off the gas pedal in the third period. It's like, miscues like too many men on the ice which we've seen way too many how many times have we seen a too many men penalty called against the bruins this year it's a absurd. lot too like, way it, too many like it does feel like this team needs to needs kind of a reset and one way to do it is augmenting the nhl roster just again just depends on what the return is going to be i'm all for making a hockey trade but you better get something in return especially if it's a guy like the brusque or Olmark if they get that extreme with it and, and even like uh, one name I mentioned on Bruins was James Van Riemsdyk. You know, is that a guy who's on an expiring contract? He's relatively cheap, a veteran guy that a team might overpay for. Is that someone that you mull trading? But again, I go back to like, he's the kind of guy I want in the postseason. Like I want that kind of player on my roster come the playoffs. And, you know, I would assume he could maybe get more than a Jake DeBrusque. Just, you know, no insider information there. Just kind of look at the whole situation. Consistent veteran. Know what you're going to get. Um, a good supplemental piece to any middle six of a cup contender. But, like, what are you getting in return? Are you trading him for picks? Are you trading him for uh, a big defenseman? Like, wh what are you exactly going for there? And the other thing is, like, people harp on Forbert a lot or Grizzlick. Um, or different, you know, they harp on different guys to trade though. If you, if you just simply trade those players, first of all, you're not going to get a ton for them because they haven't been playing great. And both of those guys also have injury issues. But the other thing is the issues run deeper than them. Yes. They have made mistakes. I, I agree. Forbert has looked brutal since he came back. Grizzly has not been himself this year. I agree. But you're not fixed if those guys are just off the roster. These are bigger problems than just like, oh, man, every time he's on the eye. Like, this is deep. This runs deep. And it's it's kind of gone all over the lineup. Um, so I don't think just trading one guy. But I, I agree with your sentiment of maybe you trade one guy, shakes things up enough, you know, we'll shake it up. And suddenly it, it, it changes things. Uh, a little bit. I want to get more into this in a second because you mentioned Olmark, and that's a big one. First, though, quick word from another of our sponsors. Connor, before we came on, I had the uh, vegan mushroom marsala with risotto and green beans from Factor. It was actually really good, I got to say. Uh, definitely good. I, I like meat, but honestly, I didn't really notice the lack of it. Uh, I felt very healthy eating it. That was the good thing. I was like, oh, you know, I... Didn't have an ice cream sandwich after or anything. Did not yeah. do that. Did not have a Trader Joe's ice cream that or anything like that. By well, it's one of those things where I feel like anytime you have something that is like vegan or like an Impossible Burger, you always feel just a little bit, a little bit better about yourself, right? Like it, and, it a little bit of a mental boost, I would say. 
Well, it's like when you go to the gym and then like you're like, oh, you know, I could have Chipotle on the way home. I kind of, you know, even to stuff. Chipotle is a little healthy. I'll do it. You know, it's you, that, say, it's you say you get the salad instead of the rice, but then you douse it in fucking queso and it just means nothing at all. <laughs> and then it's 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 just a little bit less health, healthy. So uh, but you mentioned trading Linus Olmark and this has come up more and more. Um, we've debated the goalie tandem all year. We've debated this a lot, but. Um, it is clear the Bruins are not in the most optimal space. Uh, you wrote a story uh, either Monday or Sunday on um, the pros and cons of dealing Linus Olmark. Um, where are you at with that? I mean, I think I'm still leaning towards keeping Olmark just because I feel like after wasting last season on multiple regards, but also the fact that you never even saw through the... Uh, the, the goalie rotation in the playoffs, if there's a year to at least say fucking and try it, it's got to be this year, right? Like if you go through, you've, you've relied on these two goalies for years now and the results have been there. If you get through this entire run, you know, and it could be coming to an end as soon as this off season based on whatever Swayman gets with a new contract, you might have to move Olmark then um, or move Swayman. Like we'll, we'll see like what happens, but sooner or later there has to be some resolution made there. But, you go through this entire stretch where you have these two number one goalies, and you don't even attempt to try what you've done for 82 games in the playoffs. Like, what was this? What was this for? And so, like, I I understand like the you know weighing the pros and cons. Like, yes, maybe you're just ripping off the band-aid to a situation you have to deal with anyway in July, right? When Swayman's do a new contract, and I'm not sure the Bruins wanna operate moving forward with, you know. 11 to 12 million dollars allocated to two goalies like that might not just be feasible right now based on where else they're gonna have to spend uh moving forward but um i just think you look at the state of this team um and yes even if you maybe get a first round pick or an appealing asset back if, if you just go through this entire run without both those guys in place and again it's also putting a whole lot of pressure on jeremy swayman this year like yeah as much as i think people want to crown him as the franchise goalie. I think we need to see a little bit more from him, right? Like whether, especially in the playoffs, like, yes, he was put in a really bad spot. I think last year, like throwing into the thrown into the series in game seven, again, the way they handled that was a complete shit show last year. Like it never should have been Omar for six straight games, bad spot for Swayman, but Swayman's still a guy that, you know, has a nine Oh three, I think career postseason save percentage hasn't looked good in back-to-back games so far this year. Like, I'd rather operate with the, you know, it, it's almost like I'd rather know what exactly you have. If this team gets bounced in the first round and the goalie rotation, you stick with it and both guys are off their game, can't get into a groove. I'd rather you go down with the ship with the plan yeah. you've mapped out than deviate from it again and just never have that, that clarity. Again, is it the most uh, conventional way of setting up a goalie rotation? Of course not. It's pretty out there. But, like, when you have two number one goalies, might as well give it a go and see what you have. And if it doesn't work out, now you know. It's almost like the, this. Uh, we mentioned this before, but, like, the Celtics last year, like, going down with the ship of, like, Joe Missoula ball of, like, just shooting threes, and it didn't work out. Now, are they going to change their strategy this year? Probably not under Missoula, but the Celtics, uh, the Bruins had this strategy for years now that they deviate from in the playoffs. Let's see what it gives you and then go from there. If it doesn't work out, you hit this offseason, you pay Swayman, you see what you do next with Allmark. But barring you getting a couple of really high-end draft picks or a really solid return, I just can't see it 
being something the Bruins drastically uproot such a, a key foundation of their team at this point in the season. I completely agree. I haven't felt myself um, moving off my take of weight on trading Olmark. I think I've said it a lot. Like he's not an expiring contract. You, you know, you can still deal him in the summer and the off season. Let Swayman kind of ease into being the starter. I, I, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm soft or anything, but like, you know, don't just make him the number one guy in early March when he was figuring on being a 1A, 1B situation the whole year. And I want to see them do it. I want to see the tandem in the playoffs. I do. You've, you've got, as you said, you've gone this whole way. Uh, again, I get it. If someone comes along and blows your socks off with a deal for Olmark, then we can talk. But if it's just a regular ass trade, that is not something that drastically improves your chances both now and in the future. I, I'm not for that. Stick with what you've got. It's your strength. I know they're not playing great right now. Neither guy has looked amazing, especially since the all-star break. They can take anything come out of it and B, chance wise, at least one of them will come out of it. So you'll have a guy that should be on come the playoffs, at least one. I want to see them go between it. You've gone all this way. You didn't do it last year. Stick with it. It's a strength. It's I know a lot of people say, well, one's on the bench. It's good to have the guy there. It is because, okay, what is – because I see a lot of the YouTube comments who want to shake things up, and I get it, or don't want the Bruins to do a lot, but they want them to trade guys off the roster, and I get it. We've, we've touched on DeBrusque and Ben Reemsdijk and all that, but Olmark, right? What's the deal there? Are you going to trade Olmark to a team for what? Um like a first and a top prospect or something, and then flip one of those to another team for, you know, is that even going to be enough to get someone who's going to make an impact on your roster? You know, is that worth it? Is that complete? Is that worth completely shaking up your team? Like I'm more for what you said earlier, trading like a DeBrusque or trading, you know, someone on the roster, just switching something up. And it hits at this. This has been in my mind as we've been talking. Cause I think the Bruins should ride things out, you know, give or take one small trade here or there, kind of what we've discussed for the past couple of weeks. I want to see this roster just go and whatever happens, happens. Do you know what would shake things up? And they're not going to do it. And I don't think you need to do it, but a change at coach would shake things up. The, like what you ideally want from this roster right now is to sh it, like a coaching change. Remember in 2017 when they let Claude go and they brought in Cassidy, they flew the rest of the season. Because when the coach gets fired, it lights a fire under the asses of the players, and they go. Now, I don't think Montgomery's done nearly enough to get fired. I, I don't think, like, I'm not for firing Jim Montgomery, but ideally what you want is the effect of a firing. That is sort of what you need right now, because they're in a funk. So, again, I, I don't think Montgomery's close to being fired. Now, if they're out in the first round again this year, and they jumble up the goalies and it doesn't work, Next year, he will be on a hot seat. Um, but I, again, I'm not advocating for Montgomery to be fired now. But you need the effect of that right now, I think. Yeah, and I think it, right now the most realistic way of doing it is probably just shaking up the roster. And again, it exactly. just comes down to it just comes down to what the price is going to be. Because again, like I'm almost now leaning towards more of what you said, Evan, where it's like maybe just ride this out, don't relinquish draft capital, keep Lori and Patra and go into this offseason with a lot more cap space we can fully reset but again that might be hard to stomach when the east is open and what have you but again i'm not focusing really on the rest of the league right now i think if you're a bruins fan just focusing on this current team 
what you have here and roll the dice, right? Because again, as we said earlier on in this podcast, this team could get hot and the goalies could work and Poster could take over and Frederick could chip in and DeBrus- what have you. You could easily map out a path moving forward, especially if like hell, maybe they draw Toronto in the first round, a team that you could, you know, is not really known for being a physical opponent. And the path opens up kind of like in 2019, right? Like he expected to go through like Washington and Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. And the path, and not to say that like Toronto wasn't good, that Columbus team was like super slept on, but like things easy, things yes. open themselves up as the season Young goes on. Carolina that, team. That could easily happen for any team. Hell, it's, it's the playoffs. That's why we love slash hate it, especially when the Bruins done playing in mid April. But, um, it's again one of those things. It's just so t- tough to gauge, and that maybe it, the best best path moving forward is to really just let it ride out this year. See what you got. Again, it's kind of was already viewed as a bridge year. You almost wonder if like that strong start kind of really changed the expectations for this team as a whole. Where I think people, oh, it definitely, it definitely where, did. Where, where I think people thought going into the year, like, oh, they'd be competitive. I don't think people thought they were gonna like miss the playoffs, but. We got Patra, we got Lorais knocking on the door. We're going to be, you know, it'll be a fun season, a bit of a transition year. Then they, you know, plant themselves at the top of the East, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this team could actually do something. Now you're in a spot where, again, you're, you're going back to equilibrium, but maybe Bruins fans don't want to hear that. But this is a team that is still in the middle of kind of a bridge here that maybe you just see where the chips kind of fall once you get to April. The, Bru- the Bruins always like to make it as heartbreaking as possible for their fans. Yes. I will say, I, I will say, because I'm in favor, I'm team ride it out. If you want to make a, a shake-up hockey trade, I'm open to it, whereas I'm not really open to trading Olmark. But I think the right move is you ride it out. And it kind of goes back to like we saw with the Red Sox, I think it was last deadline, did nothing. And it that's when they tanked, right? Like, I do think you should make a move or two that does help the roster. It's, you know, where like depth pieces come in. And again, if it, if it takes too much, then you don't do it. But if you can get a Duhame or someone like that at a low cost, I'm for it. You know, it supplements the roster give a little boost to the, to locker room all for that. I think the tough part about riding things out, fully riding things out and not doing anything is DeBrusque and JVR could walk in the offseason for nothing. And they're right. both fairly valuable commodities. Like, that's where it's tough. Like, I agree with you. I want to see this roster go into the playoffs the way it is, and I want to see what happens. The unfortunate part of that is you could get assets for DeBrusque and JVR. Like, if they're out in the first round, let's say, are we going to sit here in late April and be like, man, they should have dealt DeBrusque. Man, they should have dealt JVR. Like, and I, that's I, that's sort of the gamble you take. And I'm okay with them taking that gamble. I'm just saying long-term, it would stink if that was the case. And those guys left, and you didn't get anything for them. Um, but again, if they make a run, and they go to the second, third Stanley Cup round, then it's okay, then it's different. Um, and I don't think that that's out of the possibility. I think, you know, obviously, I see the YouTube comments. Sometimes I dive in there. I like It's like sifting through, you know? But there's a lot. There's a lot of negativity towards the Bruins. I get it. A lot of people don't think this team is good enough. I think you and I kind of waver on that a lot. But we're also realistic, and the roster's not terrible. It's just not that great. It's just not doesn't pop. It's not like last year where you know anybody yeah. in the top in in the four, top four lines could roll out in overtime. You know Taylor Hall's a third liner. You don't have that this year. I think it's catching up to them. And you hit it where they're kind of going, water always finds its level. And they're kind of finding their level right now. 
and maybe they're not first in the Atlantic because they're not on paper. I wouldn't take them over the Panthers. No. You know, Panthers are a, a stacked team. They've got a lot of legitimate pieces. Maybe the Bruins are a number two or three team like we kind of suspected all along. And that's still a playoff team, but you do have to be more cognizant of the future if that's kind of where you're at. Um Anyways, a lot of negativity. <laughs> Yay, lots of fun. Um, and by the way, I want to go back on a point. I'm not advocating for the Bruce to fire Jim Montgomery. I don't want to see like Evan thinks they should fire Monty right now. Clip it, baby. Let's clip, clip it. it. Clip it. Edit the edit the audio into that. Um, I'm just saying you need the effects of a firing of someone. You need to you need a you need a fire lit uh, under the butts of everybody. That's what you need. Um, anyways, Connor, what can the people look forward to from you over at the Boston Globe, Boston.com? Yeah, we're going to be covered every step of the way this season, whether it's game recaps, features, breakdowns. Um, we're going to continue to do more stuff leading up to the deadline. We have something, uh, coming out on Wednesday, looking at, uh, trade assets that the Bruins have. We'll be looking at potential defenseman targets, forward targets, all that stuff in the days leading up to March 8th. So you can find all that stuff over at boston.com and the globe. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's poke the bear powered by prize picks. I'm Evan Marinovsky. It's Connor Ryan. You poke the bear listeners Have a great rest of your week.